Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time, and she's Stacey Mitchell. A lot of holiday swag there, Stacey. Very exciting. And we've got Gabe behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live every single week. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, just look up. Tom Tool Sales Group, subscribe, follow, stay in touch with the show. So, the big news last week, the Fed raised rates 50 basis points. Ladies, what's your initial reaction? That's what we predicted. (laughs) We're geniuses. (laughs) Yep. So, Sarah's a genius. We got that figured out. Yep. You heard it from me. (laughs) <laughs> we kind of figured that was going to happen um, because they're still trying to get infl- inflation under control and um, they're still trying to, you know, increase the uh, unemployment rate to stave mm-hmm. off inflation. Uh, so we kind of figured that they would raise the rates. Um, we, I, I was hopeful that uh, it would kind of be baked into the to the mortgage interest rates, not not going up much higher. Um, it seems like they are kind of stabilized in the sixes, in the low sixes, mid to low sixes, which is good mm-hmm. news. Um, so I, I'm just hoping that that's where they'll continue to be into early 2023 uh, so that we can, you know, stay on pace for, for a great first quarter. So, you know, a lot of people, I, I think this was pretty expected. I think that mm-hmm. to, to your point, this was this was something folks had talked about for a while. So. The positive I see here is the Fed isn't changing course. Um, We saw some really positive uh, CPI data. That's the Consumer Price Index. What that means, because a lot of people don't know what all this jargon and acronyms uh, actually affect them, it's the cost of goods you purchase, right? So like a cup of coffee, a half and half iced tea lemonade from Wawa, right? So, I mean, like food, like like clothing. The Consumer Price Index came in lower than expected in terms of the increase year over year. So that tells me inflation's cooling the problem with that stat it's 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 delayed it's not real time it's always lagged by a month so you're kind of playing catch up as you go and the fed did what everyone expected them to do they they haven't changed their rhetoric so the the positive i see here is the markets actually responded favorably to these rate increases before in the summer we saw a rate increase happen and then rates jumped up the the you know mortgage rates were into the seven percent range at one point Mm -hmm. Now they're down into the six and a half to six and three eighths range as of today. That's the quotes I was hearing from Mortgage America, the lender that we work pretty closely with. So I like that the Fed's not like pivoting or overreacting. Um, and they, they did say in their comments afterwards, Chairman Powell, hey, like this is good news. So um, it's starting to soften. We got a ways to go. It doesn't sound like they're going to pull back from this rate hike policy quite yet. I, I, it looks like the next meeting is going to kind of have a, some sort of rate hike increase. And what a lot of people are wondering right now, I was talking to a few people in the industry today, is did they wait too long to raise rates? And are they playing catch-up now, or are they going to actually pause and see how things react? What do you think is going to happen here with the Fed? Because if they continue to raise rates, I don't see interest rates staying where they are. But if the CPI data continues to decline, which I'm optimistic it will based on those Black Friday reports, I think that's really – like I, I just I, and from what I'm hearing everyone talk to, and this is more than just this is like straw polls. The people are really watching what they spend now more so this time of year than I've heard in in a while. So what, what do you what do you think is going to happen here? Is the Fed going to continue this policy? What, what what's the predictions? Because obviously this affects housing. Yeah, well, I mean, I think what's interesting here too with these rate hikes, like while that does uh, translate over to mortgage rates, you know, but with the holidays and everything, that's going to affect your credit card interest rates. And Great point. so Great point. for trying to be on top of your spending this time of year, when you factor that in as well, like, I mean, I, I would think if you've got a, a high credit card balance or if you're trying to figure out, you know, how and where to, to cut costs, certainly not putting as much on the card right now would be, would be smart. Um, mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of factors in um, to people's like holiday purchases. I, th- I think that's a great observation. I don't, and not a lot of people are talking about this right now either. I mean, you don't hear credit card rates. It's all mortgage rates, Fed rates. Right. Mm-hmm. 
But that is totally in line with the season right now. And I think, what is it, uh, January 20-something that is when people get their credit card statements. Yeah. It's like doomsday of, of the new year. <laughs> it's like the most depressing day of the year. Um, I think people will realize then um, what, you know, what damage is done. And at that point, we might see some consumer adjustments going on. Right. Because people are going to probably pull back and try to pay down those cards so they don't have uh, such, you know, penalty with that those interest rates. Yeah. Um, I know personally I got uh, – a lot of literature in the mail about the interest rates increasing from um, my credit cards. Have you guys noticed that stuff yeah, coming in? Yeah. You know, they're sending out notices. Oh, your new interest rate's going to be ABC XYZ. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that is definitely going to be um, be something. And where to I watch. feel like that really hits you too is you know the interest rates and everything are already baked into your mortgage payment. It's the same you know every month. But mm-hmm. when for your credit card, when those things fluctuate, mm-hmm. like you may think like I only put this much on it, and then it's like oh my god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if you carry a large balance that you can't pay off all at one time, yeah, you're gonna see that. Yeah, and and that's the worst when you see that interest rate, that interest payment mm-hmm. along with your monthly. Yeah, not yeah. good. Yeah, so it should be interesting to see how that affects. Everything too, consumer yeah. spending into early next year. Right. Um, but I don't think the feds are finished. I think they've been kind of behind the eight ball from the very beginning. They waited too long to start raising the rates. Yeah. I agree with that. So um, they're just, just, they're just far behind. Yeah. And I think they're just going to continue with this process of raising. Um, and it could potentially be more harmful to the economy. Right. I mean, I think what would be, what I would like to see is them, you know, after these hikes, that they've done here, like pause for a second, Mm -hmm. see what happens before going like overzealous with Mm -hmm. everything. But I have a feeling they're going to continue to kind of move on the track that they're on. Mm -hmm. So what what, what a lot of folks are saying is that the um, right now with with the increase, they have a targeted range of 4.25 to 4.5 percent on the federal funds rate. And they want to get that to five. So the next meeting's in January. Then you got one in March. I would anticipate maybe like a quarter to a half a point increase sometime, you know, cumulatively, either a quarter each of those meetings or a half, um, maybe in January. And then they, they back off a little bit mm-hmm. uh, because if, if this inflation data continues to cool down, they, they can't keep raising rates because they said this is what we want to see happen. And the, the economy, the spending typically pulls back dramatically January, February, March, because it, it's your like you said, you get that holiday uh, credit card bill. Credit card rates are variable. It's, it's a lot different. Um, so, I, you know, it, it, to me, I, I, I see the Fed having to almost they're, they're going to have to pull back at some point, because if they keep doing this, it's going to price consumers out of everything. The cost of goods is just going to go up. And a lot of folks are predicting uh, Barry Habib is one of them, the uh, CEO of MBS Highway. It's uh, it's a company that forecasts and interprets like mortgage rate and bond markets. He's, he's talking about rates in the five next year, and he's not the only one. There's a lot of people predicting that. So the way the markets respond, usually when the rates go up, the mortgage rates go up, but this has not been the case as of late. So no one knows what the market's going to do. I just I can't see this continuing, uh, and, and I would anticipate we're going to see rates in the fives. If the, it's all about that inflation data. I think that's really what it's going to come down to here. And rates were too low in the first place, to your point. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and – the, the government put so much money in the system in 2020. They cut rates down. They they created this incredible uh, economic time where we saw what happened with the housing market. Obviously, we were on the front lines there. So now they're playing catch up. I just don't know that it's going it, to the consumer. I mean, the consumer spending is already getting dialed back. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, wh- how do you see this affecting people that want to transact in real estate? Like, what are the What's the impact on consumers now? I mean, we've t- we know where rates are. They're coming in six and three eighths to six and six and a half. Um, we kind of talked about what the Fed plans to continue to do in twenty twenty three. What's the impact on the consumer who's either in real estate or just the consumer that's in the day to day of like living and, and and buying things? Well, everybody's definitely seeing higher prices everywhere, so that yeah. is definitely affecting. But um, for the most part, uh, I think people are kind of softening up and getting used to. The mortgage interest rates being where they are, I mean, long for the days of the threes and four percents, but I think people are getting used to the idea this is where they're going to be. And if they don't transact, you know, in the next year or so, who knows where they'll be then. Um, Most of the people I've been talking to 
uh, realize that you can't time the market and it's probably not a good idea, especially if you're renting and your lease is coming up, <laughs> right? you know, for renewal and they don't want to renew. So, um, so for those, there are folks out there that are getting used to the idea of the mortgage interest rates being where they are. And uh, I think there's always going to be those folks that we have to help and get them, you know, across the line uh, buying their houses. Mm-hmm. And I think that now enough time has happened between that, like, all-time low to where we are now that it's not quite as, like, fresh and painful. You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the people that are out there now, I mean, I, I certainly have some that I was working with that didn't move forward with the transaction when the rates were where they were. But now we've got fresh people in who never saw that low rate. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not quite as much of a shock. I think that knowing that, you know, we're going to see some fluctuations here, but I don't see us having like a major skyrocket or a major Mm -hmm. drop makes you feel a little bit more like this is where they're at, you know, Mm -hmm. like give or take a little bit like this is this is around where we're at. Um, And that there is still opportunity here to get out ahead of the spring market. Um, because if you want to wait, you know, if, if you want to wait until the spring market to get out there, there's other people that are doing the same thing. So, uh, there's, there's still opportunity here at the beginning of the year to, uh, maybe have a little bit less competition, feel comfortable with where the rates are at and, um, you know, get your, get your house. I'm hearing less and less of the housing market's going to crash. Mm-hmm. So that's because good it's news. not. Yeah, because it's not. Um, so I'm I'm glad that we're not hearing as much of that. But we are hearing recession. You know, the recession, the recession, um, which they keep saying the recession is going to happen next year. But I thought we were already in one. So it's like a little contradictory there. Well, so, and, and you bring up a good point because most economists are forecasting a mild recession next year, according to the ones that were surveyed in this. Uh, Economic Indicator Survey from Walters Kluwer Blue Chip, which is a, a, one of these firms that predicts stuff. Um, and you know, a lot of economists aren't convinced the Fed are going to need to raise rates as much as they're projecting because they think a slowing economy and progress on inflation is going to allow the Fed to stop short of that forecast. And this comes from uh, Nancy Vanden Hooten of the Oxford Economics Department. So obviously they seem to know what they're talking about there. Um, and on last week, the Fed said it expects the economy to grow by half a percent this year, more than estimated, and at the same pace in 2023. And they're also projecting unemployment's going to go up to 4.6% by the end of next year, which it's crazy to me they're targeting higher unemployment, yeah. and the Fed is targeting higher unemployment. So all these metrics that are out there, I, I just I see more confidence in the economy than we've seen the past two, three, four months. I mean, that's just my feel being on the front lines like you two when we're helping people in these massive financial transactions. So uh, all that in mind, um, I mean, and you mentioned the the, the recession, um, and, and, and I want to just refresh people's memory what a recession is defined as because, to me, everyone forgets we had a recession in 2020. Mm-hmm. It was forced on us in some ways, but it's a period of temporary economic decline during which trade and industrial activity are reduced generally identified by a fall in GDP in two successive quarters. So it could be mild. I mean, it looks like everything's – we're, we're kind of just like a a flat economy right now. That That's really what I'm seeing more than anything else. And it might be a slight decrease, but we're coming off this incredible run that we had last year when rates were low, spending was up, money was cheap. This was going to happen. So I don't see anything unexpected here. And once the Fed starts cooling down their rate policy, I see everyone kind of jumping back into the economy and and maybe being less less afraid of what's going to happen. There's a lot of fear out there right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think that also something to keep in mind is while looking at all these predictions and everything is great and it's it's good to know, like, what are the people that are in charge and that can make these predictions? Like, what are they thinking is going to happen? Like, this is all stuff that, like, you want to hear and you want to know. But. I would say how many times have we come out and been like, and they've revised their prediction, (laughs) you know, so even they don't know. (laughs) Um, So there's always, um, you know, there's always a little bit of wiggle room there and nothing is certain until it happens. That's right. (laughs) So uh, folks, you just have to focus on your own 
you know, what's happening in your own household mm-hmm. and what you can control. Because there's so many things that we can't control outside right. of this. You can't control what the Fed's going to do. You know, and yeah, everybody tries, like you said, Sarah, they all these predictions and then they revise their predictions. Right. So just control your own house. Um, you know, if, if you're in the real estate market, if you're looking to purchase, definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Make that purchase. Don't wait any longer. Um, especially if you're renting, your rent's going to go up. If you're living with family, maybe time that you, <laughs> maybe time you want to move out. Um, but yeah, it's, you, it, you know, if you try to, um, you know, you, you have to make the best decisions with the information that you have at the time. Um, so when people get too far ahead of themselves, that's right. where they make bad decisions. Right. And I mean, I think, um, you know, Aaron, on the side of caution in that, like, as you're look, as you're running the numbers, like know, know what you can afford mm-hmm. each month to spend on, you know, on your housing costs there and, and then work within that and maybe overestimate, like, we don't know, like, what groceries are going to cost next. You know what I mean? Like, right. it, like yeah, like go mm-hmm. estimate that, like, things are going to be on the high side there. And then what do you still feel comfortable with? at that point and like where you know what are things that you can do to maybe like trim or or cut back in order to like make all of these pieces come together mm-hmm. um because sometimes you do have to um you know maybe you don't get to take that like great vacation this year because you just bought the house or maybe like there are going to be costs that come up and you may have to like trim the fat in uh in some other areas and some of the other like fun things but it can be worth it um in order to secure the home and get in but just figure out what your budget is mm-hmm. Now, that's a great point because a lot of the reasons that we got into that economic trouble in 2007, 8, 9 was people were spending all their money on big screen TVs. I mean, and, and, and you're laughing, but <laughs> right. I mean, it was it was it was just such excessive spending. That money mm-hmm. went somewhere. So, you know, the, the, and, and Sarah, you hit on a great point. Remember at the beginning of the year when people said housing prices are going to be up 17 percent this year? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that is incredible if that would actually happen. We're looking at like eight to 10 percent in the suburbs. We're looking at about three percent in Philadelphia. Those are nor and, and the suburbs number is even pretty phenomenal. Yeah, the, the Philadelphia is more of a normal appreciation, and and a normal market is not bad. A normal market's what most people are used to. It's just coming out of these past two years when you're going down the road 180 and you slow down to 90, it feels a lot slower. So I think that that that's a, that's a really great point. So um, I anticipate the Fed's going to chill out a little bit here. I think that the I'm the, the the CPI data is going to be huge next in, in next month, and that's going to really set the tone. So you know the, the, they haven't changed their minds. I do see rates coming into the fives at some point next year, as long as the inflation data cooperates. And it looks like the Fed's starting to get what they want from the economy from whatever measurables they're looking at. So if that continues, then and we get rates in the fives. I mean, I would buckle up if I was in real estate. I'd be ready to go help some people and get the word out pretty quickly. It is amazing to me how many people that want to transact don't know what's going on with rates. And that's where it's a good agent's job to educate them. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the NAR commission lawsuit, agents under attack in San Antonio. There's some really crazy things going on here. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the TomTool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. 
When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand-new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtoolwithanE.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. This is Tom Tool with Remax Mainline and the Tom Tool Sales Group wishing everyone a happy Festivus. Festivus. A great holiday season and a prosperous 2022. We'll catch you on the flip side. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. She's Sarah Time, and we've got Gabe behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018, and we are streaming the show live every single week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. Make sure to subscribe or follow. And we'll keep bringing you great stories like this one, although I don't like the story that much. Um, the commission lawsuit, this thing is not going away. So if you're not familiar with this, uh, there is now a class action lawsuit uh, from a group of homeowners in the Midwest, uh, in western Missouri, against NAR, REMAX, Keller Williams, anywhere who used to be Realty, who was the mother, uh, the parent company of Cobalt Banker, Home Services of America, who was the parent company of Berkshire Hathaway. Um, and this thing's going to trial now. So on Friday of last week, a federal court uh, dealt a blow to the defendants in the cage, which is NAR et al., allowing a class action commission lawsuit um, to continue towards a trial date. So Judge Stephen Bow of the U.S. District Court in Western Missouri denied motions for a summary judgment filed by NAR, Realogy, Coldwell Banker, Remax, Keller, all, all these companies. I'm not going to go through them all again. Um, had the motion been granted, um, there would be no trial. So obviously NAR came out and said, hey, we're disappointed with the decision to deny the judgment. And they are confident they're going to prevail in the lawsuit. I mean, th this has been going on for a while, or in lawyer time, apparently not long. Uh, I mean, I, it's, it's, this has been going on for a couple of years. I just, I just don't get how far, how how long it takes for this stuff. So, the the, the point of this suit is that um, many, while many of the the filings are, are are have been sealed by the court, this was originally filed in 2019 and won class action status in April, and it alleges that some NAR rules including one that requires listing brokers to offer buyer brokers a commission in order to list a property in a realtor-affiliated MLS, multiple listing service, violates the Sherman Antitrust Act by inflating sellers' costs. So we've talked about this before. This is a big deal, probably bigger than any – I bet most agents have no clue this is going on, by the way. They're under a rock. Um, how far is this going to go, ladies? What do you think the outcome is going to be? Tell us more about this and how it's going to affect the industry. What are your thoughts? So, wait, is this, is it primarily or is it a combination or is it one or the other? It's people who listed and sold their homes that are bringing the suit or the buyer 
No, it, it, it's, it's sellers. It's sellers, it's sellers. Are, and, and they've now had other sellers join into the suit because it's, they felt they paid more because they paid the fee for the buyer broker, which I don't. But I, they I, sign I think there's a that. It's not like they well, find sure. that out after the fact, you know, like that's right. discussed prior to and they they sign off on that. I hear you. And how many times have you had a client say, I don't remember signing this yeah. or I didn't read what I signed, which is part of the problem here. There is some culpability on the seller side. I don't know what Missouri contracts look like. Yeah, I know what Pennsylvania mm-hmm. contracts look like. It would be a good idea to probably see a, a Missouri contract, but they represent the class action. They have over 500,000 Missourians that signed on to this. Or the class well, and then I'm sure there was also a, like, they probably put something out, like, did you sell your home right. during this time to this exactly. time? Did you know that you could yeah. be yes. the you lawyer I mean? commercials? Right, right. So, and you know who's really going to be the one walking away with the money? The lawyers. Absolutely, <laughs> like, 100%. That, that, very true. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think, like, yeah. I don't know if you guys ever watched uh, Better Call Saul, or it's, so it's the guy from uh, Breaking Bad on on uh, AMC, and, and he literally ran commercials like this about, like, abuse in, like, nursing homes, and that's mm-hmm. how, and... They're aggressive commercials. Um, yeah. Or there, there's one. Have you, did you like work for this company running recently? I, I don't even remember what it is. I, mm-hmm. That's a great point, Sarah. I, I mean, I think there's they are probably running some aggressive marketing around this for sure. But back to Sarah's point, like everybody signs a, a listing contract, and within that listing contract, it do you does that not like give up your rights? Because like then there's also um, I and maybe this is what this course is, but like I know for like Pennsylvania. Um, when you sign off on that contract, like in there is a page, like if you are, you know, if you want to dispute something or if you are not happy with the service that you were provided or the way that, you know, if you felt that your realtor did something like dishonest or whatever, like there is a different channel that you go through. It's not, let me take you straight to regular court, which I'm guessing they went through other channels before it got to this point. But like, there's like media, like you go to like mediation, right? Like, it's not like, well, in Pennsylvania also we have that. Uh, consumer notice that everybody has to sign. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, do right. you have that in Missouri? Right. Um, if you feel like you've been defrauded, mm-hmm. you can file a complaint mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. So, yeah. so here's the plaintiff's argument to answer your questions. Uh, they have standing to sue because buyer broker commissions are negotiated between seller and seller's brokers and set out in the listing agreement, and therefore they are direct purchasers of buyer broker services. So they're arguing we're paying the buyer broker directly. We actually are the ones representing them. Um, and that's why they've disagreed with this because um, the, the, the disputes of the material facts in the case, um, NAR argued that home seller plaintiffs did not directly purchase buyer broker services because the buyer broker's commission comes from the seller's broker commission and is not paid directly to the seller. So, I mean, th- there's a little bit of semantics involved yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say the seller doesn't pay those fees. They offer the fees out if there's representation. My, I, the, the bigger issue I see here, buyers probably can't afford to pay their agents unless it's rolled into the transaction. I agree. Well, I'm 100% what, on that one. Right. And, and, and what we know is that um, you're, what, you get 17% more on average? It went down to 13. It went down to 13. But still more. Yes, I agree so with you're that. you're getting more by putting it on the MLS. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of just like, cut through all the jargon, mm-hmm. like, yes, like at the end of the day, you, the seller, however you want to like word it or, or say whatever, like, yes, you, the seller are paying that commission. You know what I mean? Like that's coming. That's something that you are now not netting. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're most likely getting more for the property by having gone through this channel. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you I don't mean, have to accept if you don't like the offer, like no one is, saying just because you listed your home that you have to take an offer. So if you got an offer that wasn't going to have you walk away with as much as you needed to, and when you factor all those numbers in, then you don't have to take the offer. And they don't have to sign up with uh, a listing agent. Right. You can sell your house on Mm -hmm. your own. You can do that. But you'll probably want to hire somebody to help you through the process Mm because it is a complicated process. Mm -hmm. So are you going to pay for representation by way of a listing agent? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to pay for representation by way of attorney mm-hmm. so, or some other way? But for the most part, right. I don't know many people, honestly, and, and ask yourselves too, that could navigate themselves through a real estate transaction. Right. There's a lot of paperwork, a lot of things that 
you just wouldn't know until you know them. And usually that's a little bit too late Mm -hmm. when you find out. Yeah. Um, So, you know, one way or another, you have to pay some fees. So I'm I'm in agreement with everything you're saying here. Like I've been, this is not a a logic question. This is what's going to go on in the, in this lawsuit. So here's some of the counterpoints being brought up by the plaintiffs to what you're saying. So this is, this is going beautifully here because you're talking practicality in real life. Um, so a couple things here. The first is that, uh, according to the judge, judge Bow, plaintiffs has produced evidence creating a genuine dispute of material fact that, uh, defendants implemented or enforced a section of the code of ethics with the purpose and effect of inflating or stabilizing broker commissions. Um, and it, so they're, they're saying that this is done intentionally um, and that this stifles competition among brokers by artificially inflating commission rates. Commissions have gone down for the past 10, 15 years. They used to be a bit higher. I don't have the exact numbers. They're, they're trending downward. Um, additionally, these plaintiffs have produced evidence that the NAR adopted this section. It's They call it 2G1, which uh, that is, and let me just explain what it's... Um, it's the NAR MLS policy, and uh, let me pull it up here. We'll get back to this. This is going to take a while. I'm not going to go. It's basically if it's in the MLS, you got to offer out compensation is the short of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes on to say, this stifles competition among brokers by artificially inflating commission rates and that they've produced evidence indicating that the defendant's position is that it's always in the client's best interest to market a property on a MLS subject to this particular uh, clause. I, I don't. I don't agree with that because we see companies sell their homes off MLS. Uh, I mean, you have the ability to do that with the clear cooperation policy. I mean, there's companies out there that market. We're the only ones that do this, and we're going to market it to our network. So I can't agree with that when there's marketing around large brokerages that do this, and it's not always in the best interest. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you ever sold a property off market before? I know you have, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I have. I mean, it, it, like these things come up, so I, I can't agree with that. Then they go on to say there's uniform training to listing brokers to obtain 6% commission rates to split those commissions equally with buyer brokers and to never lower commissions. Also incorrect. There was a firm around here I know will go far below what many people would even be okay with. Mm -hmm. And it's a large company. I'm not going to say who it is. We can't talk about commission rates. They will, I I would argue it's, it's like a third reduction of a normal rate if you were to call it normal. Um, And on top of that, I don't see even splits on commissions on the settlement sheets for the properties that we sell. I mean, they're, they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. So this stuff is just not accurate. I don't know where they're getting this from. I'd love to see them pull like Altas in and settlement sheets or whatever they use in Missouri because they're not, uh, and it, it's just wrong. I mean, am, am I off base here or? No, I think, what is this uniform no, what it, training? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I never had this uniform training. Right, right, right. I think we usually say we're pro-deal. Let's make it work for everybody it, is, is kind of how, I mean, that th- these are oh, words like, out of my mouth. Yes, just, yeah. If, you know, we go back to the seller, and mm-hmm. if they want a different type of compensation, um, you know, we try to negotiate that and work with that. And and like Tom says, get the deal, right? right? When, like, so what's also interesting about this is it's, it, okay, so you go in, you discuss the commission with your client, right? And in many cases, the listing side, and this isn't like this is you see this across the board for um, like on the MLS and, and you know, wherever that the listing side will often take a higher cut than what they're offering the buyer's agent because there are a lot of costs that go into properly marketing, yada, yada, yada. Um Sometimes you'll get pushback where they want it to be an even split or they want to have it be attractive to buyers, agents for bringing in more people. Now, I have never um, and I'm sure there are agents out here that that do that. But like I have if I see a property that's a good fit for my client, I have never gone in and be like, oh, I don't get enough commission on that one. I'm not showing it to you. You know what I mean? Like. But there certainly would be people out there that there that are agents that. that have done that, that I've had this conversation with over the phone or yeah. and I've seen it happen. So. It's not that it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen 100% of the time like they're talking about here. Right. But then if you, like for these people that are bringing up the suit saying that they had to pay a higher commission because they had to pay for the buyer's side and they wanted to, but they also want to attract enough people into the house, then are really they would want the listing agent side to be 
right? I would like to know. Okay, so these people all transacted, basically, right? They got to the finish line, mm-hmm. right? They settled. They, if they were selling, they unloaded the home. They got their proceeds. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess at the time they were happy. We should find out if they wrote any Google reviews or any right, other reviews right. about yeah, working with their listing agents and how great of a job they did to, you know, get the most out, out of right, the home. Right, right. Um, so, but all of a sudden now they're unhappy because they had to, something that they agreed to because mm-hmm. you have to sign a listing contract, mm-hmm. something they signed up for. Um, now they're saying that they shouldn't have to be responsible for that other side of the commission. That's what I'm right. understanding. Okay. Yeah. So, and then where do they think that that those buyers were going to come from? Where did their buyer come from? Right. Would that buyer have been purchase? able to afford it if they had to then exactly. on the side right. upfront pay? Yeah. Pay their agent. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, I mean, everything you're saying makes sense to a logical person, and, and I, this speaks to some of the lack of personal responsibility in society right now, which uh, is a whole other issue. I'm not going to go there. Right. Um, now, when I go on in this suit, and th- this one, I, I, I could send this guy an email right now that would prove him wrong. This is what the judge says. Although it is true that a nominal commission of $1 would satisfy this section and defendants agree a nominal commission is mandated, Plaintiffs have produced evidence that no transaction within the subject MLS took place using a nominal commission. I will send them the Ryan Holmes listings <laughs> this year that were paying out five hundred dollars yep. on five, six, seven hundred thousand dollar homes. Mm-hmm. That is a nominal commission. Yep. It is the same thing. It is no different than I've seen. You know, people offer out way less than what would be considered acceptable, and you can translate that however you want. We're not going to talk about rates here mm-hmm. because we're not able to do that. That's just factually inaccurate, right? And I mean, it's it's so, you know, this judge is saying the arguments rejected. I don't know what evidence they are and aren't sharing with him. And the the, the reality is, I mean, if if you're going to have to get, there, there's going to have to be some way. Like this is going to hurt sellers, and I think this is what people don't get because buying a home is tough, and a lot of buyers have no clue. What goes on? I mean, how many people have you met that have transacted that if you didn't explain to them what was happening, they would have just gotten eaten alive? Mm-hmm. Totally. Many is what I'm hearing. A lot of them. Um, you know, we and we'd all be those people. People don't transact. It's on average every 11 years. So it's not. Right. And so think about what you were doing 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't even have kids then, right? I didn't have a family. <laughs> like I mean, it's nuts, right? So if you go back 11 years ago, I mean, it, it just so th- there's that factor, and then on top of it all. Buyers will not be able to afford these houses if they have to go pay this fee on their own. Most buyers come in and they have exactly enough to get into the house. Mm-hmm. And they always spend to the maximum amount of their budget. They don't have an extra on our average sale price here is $425,000. They don't have an extra ten, twelve, thirteen thousand $13,000 lying around. Let me pay my agent on top of it and I have to do it with cash because I can't get a seller's assist and I can't roll it into the purchase. Yep. So this is to me, a great example of an attorney cutting someone's nose off to spite their face. And it's just, it's going to hurt. Buyers are already under the gun as it is. Mm-hmm. We don't need any more problems for buyers right now. Right. I mean, right. it's going to really, if, yeah, if this would be successful and buyers would have to pay for their own representation, so many people would never be able to transact. I mean, for the most part, there's so many buyers that can't even come up with 20%. Mm-hmm. You know, they have their 3% down payment or their mm-hmm. 3.5%. And then they're scrambling for closing costs, mm-hmm. which in Pennsylvania can be, you know, quite expensive. Mm-hmm. So then you add on top of that, you're paying for your representation. Right. I'm, and we already have people complaining that, um, you know, the it's not conducive to buyers the way that real estate is. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many people that can't buy. They're trapped. Um this would definitely throw all that out. I mean, it's just going to make it 10 times worse for buyers. Right. So this is not going away. So what I would say for agents here is you better be ready to explain your value in the transaction. I mean, a- agents aren't going away. I mean, we've seen what all these companies tried to do, eliminating them. If you can't communicate your value, if you can't educate your clients, if you're just a door opener and there's a lot of you out there, and I I'm, I'm, I don't mind saying that because we've seen it, where they just the right place, right time, right person – they were going to buy that house no matter who showed up. That's who I, I believe is targeted in this lawsuit. 
Not the agents that actually bring value because some of these homes are sitting on the market. They need a savvy agent to help navigate it, get, mm-hmm. get, even just get to the process of an offer mm-hmm. because some sellers don't want to be realistic with the market. So th- there, there is a, a, a section of the real estate community that, that might get eliminated from this. Uh, but buyer agency is under attack right now. Make no question about it here. And if you can't communicate that value, you're going to be in trouble. So why don't we take a quick break? We're going a little long here. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about real estate agents being under attack and the best. We're doing this, the best Christmas homes on uh, that, that we've come up with. So we'll come right back. It's Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand-new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's Tom, Tool with an E, dot com. Sell your home for more and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. All right, all right, all right. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon. Gabe's behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, streaming live every week. Subscribe and follow. Look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So we got one topic I want to hit on here real quickly because we're, we're talking about how this commission lawsuit's going on. Obviously, real estate is under attack. There's something else that our friends at Broke Agent Media brought to my attention. Uh, this happened over the weekend. Um, there's a gentleman, uh, Trey Serrano. He's got a YouTube channel. It's called San Antonio Suburbs. And apparently this YouTube channel caught the eyes of the San Antonio Express News, and they reached out to this guy, Trey, interviewed him, and he they came out with an article that said, real estate agents on YouTube have called San Antonio the worst city in the U.S. This is a pretty aggressive. Like, I mean, you talk about garbage headlines. This could be the worst one of the year because what Trey ended up doing is um, he put together a video explaining where people like would want to move to in San Antonio neighbors you'd want to neighborhood you'd want to stay away from which to me is it, it, it the video was called don't live in these San Antonio areas and you know it's a hooky title that's what you're supposed to do and he got berated on in the San Antonio Express news and um, what they did in the video was he highlighted different video uh, neighborhoods in San Antonio based on the reason people live there, drive time, taxes, home age, neighborhood price, all that. Is, is this too aggressive by San Antonio's uh, News Express or whatever the paper's called? Express News? 
I would think that they have more important things to report on. <laughs> okay. Well, tell us more about that, but, Stacey. <laughs> well, there's a lot going on, um, especially in Texas. So, um, but for them to actually, I think he's providing a service to people, you know, and apparently he allows for comments on his videos. So it's a lot of the comments from locals mm-hmm. that, you know, they were saying what they experienced by actually living there too. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I don't think that, I don't know, I think there's plenty of other things that they could focus on. Um, you can, especially if people are commenting, the people that live there, if they're saying certain things, maybe you want to investigate why they're saying these things, why they're seeing these changes, yeah. what really is going on. You know, maybe they could focus on that instead of trying to do a hit piece <laughs> on, the, on the real estate agent. You know what I mean? Right. Say, hey, we, we have... You know, we saw came upon your content here on YouTube and why you're saying that this is a horrible place to move to. Right. Let's find out why. Let's yeah. get on the street and, and get to the to the heart of the matter here. What's going on? Yeah. They could report something like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess for the, the agent that's putting out there, I mean, I guess if you are sticking to very, like, specific points, um, like drive time to different things, or like you'd have to be pretty careful that you're not violating fair housing. Fair housing, right? right. Like... So, I mean, drive time is totally like, fine. Drive, yeah, yeah, drive time's fine. Right. And I guess, like, price and, like, things like that. But it's sounded, Taxes, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, but I guess, I don't know. It, it Every, Everything listed though, here, I think, is okay. Yeah. yeah. It's not like he said, like, these so are the these churches are, in the area or right. something. Right. So, like, these are, the, these are the items that he said. And then locals commented, commented other things. And that's what's under attack? What was under attack was so there was an email they sent. And uh, it, it's... So what what happened here was this, um, and and this is all based on Broke Agent Media's crack reporting. So, uh, so they they sent an email and it was very accusatory. Mm-hmm. So, the, uh, you know, they had problem with the title. All he was doing was sharing rental prices, equity potential, pros and cons of each neighborhood. We've done these videos, mm-hmm. by the yeah. way. This yep. is not anything. Yeah, that, I mean, that, I feel like that's kind of like useful. Like if every week right. he went to a different area and like touched on like. Get right. to know this neighborhood. Like, right. And these are the pros, these great restaurants, this, that, and the other. And then the mm-hmm. cons are like, yeah, five o'clock traffic or whatever. Right. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. I don't either. So the email, so we got an email from the San Antonio Express News, and it was more accusatory than encouraging, according to Broke Agent Media. And the reporter wanted to know why Trey Serrano was airing out San Antonio's dirty laundry and couldn't fathom why a real estate agent would share the cons of a city where they live and work. Um, it was short, it was snippy, and, uh, you know, what ended up happening was it was just, you know, it, it was th- this article, um, you know, and, and I mean, this got picked up by, like, The Real Deal, and which was obviously, like, a big real estate blog, and it just, uh, I, I don't I don't understand the point of it. I think they just didn't like it and didn't like the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very short-sighted by newspapers. This is why newspapers are going out of business. Yes. Because... I'm looking at the piece Broke Agent put together. Obviously, they've got writers there. It's basically a digital newspaper. They, they didn't do any fact-finding. This this is how to, like, YouTube functions as a search engine, right? It's owned by Google. So, I I mean, you think this isn't something people are Googling, like where not to move to in Philadelphia? <laughs> like, I could see that happening right. all the time. So, mm-hmm. I, I you know, this is a great reason why newspapers are dying. So, mm-hmm. sorry to hear this happen to you, Trey. I think you're getting more press out of it now than you have been. So, congrats. Yep. There's going to be more of this, though. Mm-hmm. Real estate's a big target right now. Look, at the Fed's targeting them. Mm-hmm. We've got this class action lawsuit. The San Antonio going out of business express news. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're targeting. This is going to happen more and more because real estate's the last industry to really get disrupted. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm clear we're going to see a lot more of this. So on that note, it's the holiday season, right? Christmas is what? I don't know, five days away? Yeah. Do all your Christmas shopping, ladies. Stacy's been wearing red for about three months now. <laughs> yes. Look at that bumble pin. That is that is pretty cool. Can we is get that, that on the video best? here? I just love him. Yeah, see, he's 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 good. So, uh, some I wanted to r- finish up with real quick. We got about four minutes here. So Zillow posts um, Santa Claus's house every year on their website, and now they have like the NORAD Santa tracker attached to it. You're going to learn about all this stuff, Sarah. Trust me. This is uh, <laughs> stuff we go show our kids. And um, the house originally debuted in 2016 with a Zillow estimate of $650,000. It's now valued at $1.154 million, according to this estimate. Um, they've got a virtual tour, all sorts of stuff going on here. Is it w- actually for sale? 
Now, it's not for – it's off-market. How do you search it on Zillow? What's it under? Zillow.com slash house slash Santa's dash house. I have to look this up. So, we just Google it. GTS days. Come oh. on. Um, so, I thought Santa would have had a nicer place. I, I'm looking at this house here. It's like, it's like a log cabin. It feels like it's – I mean, I, I, you think you'd have, like, some big palatial thing in the North Pole. There's, like, an outhouse. And, I mean, there's all these, like, outdoor buildings – I don't know. I thought he would have had a nicer house, especially if he's living there all this time. So apparently it's built in the 1800s, which wow. might be part of the problem. So so all, all of this spurred all the Christmas movies that are out there. And what's everyone's like favorite house they've seen in a Christmas movie? So I know, Sarah, you had one that came up right away. I just thought, and what did you like about it? And do you think that would translate into today's world? Yeah, I mean, well, the first one I thought of was um, Home Alone, just because... There was also, I feel like in that movie, you also like see a lot of the house, you know, like a lot of the movie is there in the house. Um, So I feel like it's just like iconic. Um, And it always makes you wonder, like, what did that dad do? What was his job taking all these people (laughs) on these like elaborate vacations over and over again? (laughs) Didn't he get busted in The Sopranos for um, doing something wrong? Wasn't, didn't he have like a big gambling problem? Do you think that translated? No, he definitely did. Um, He was also like fat and different in that movie. I'm telling you, he 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 was he he got killed in The Sopranos. Oh, <laughs> do you think he had a gambling problem? Is that how he did it back in the '80s? Maybe or '90s? Maybe he's using Stacy's app now. <laughs> before exactly. then, um, yeah, no. So I just like I, that's the first one that I thought of, um, just because, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. They they spend a lot of time in there, and it's just like you see, like you see that pop up, and you're like Christmas. <laughs> Well, the thing about that house is that that was the one house they wanted to rob on the street. They were like, this is the one we're looking for. And it was, I mean, mm-hmm. people still drive by that house. And so I feel bad for the owners. Like, I would hate that people driving by your house all the time and be like, leave me alone. Get me out of here. Right. It would be a great Airbnb, wouldn't it be? Yeah. That would be probably better. Yeah. yeah. Have that and just Airbnb it. Yeah. For sure. I'm actually kind of surprised that that's not just. Maybe it is. What it, maybe it is. I don't yeah. Know. What was your Stace? National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, I just that house. Do you yes. put raw sewage in the uh, in, in the in the, uh, in the in the in the sewers right now in front of your house, Stacey? Is that what you're trying to no, tell us? No, but how it's so obnoxious. I mean, come on, it does translate into today's, right? <laughs> come on, we drive around neighborhoods looking for the most obnoxious, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what it's come down to. Imagine if that guy's your neighbor. Like you buy the house, and then and then <laughs> like it, let's say it's like summertime when a lot of people settle. Mm-hmm. And literally, like Elaine Bennis, I, I don't know, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, and the other guy Todd, and like you have that the lights just blaring, like that would drive yep. me insane. Oh my yep. gosh, Can you imagine? <laughs> you wouldn't be able to sleep. <laughs> oh my gosh, I would lose my mind. <laughs> yeah, especially with the family members coming in, rolling into town too. Yep, you know. Yep, with the RV and everything. <laughs> it's, it's classic. <laughs> Someone dumping raw sewage in, in the middle of your street. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Best one I could think of was from Bad Santa, a Christmas classic, mainly because it's in Arizona and the house is new and nice and they're making sandwiches all the time. So uh, (laughs) that's one of my favorite movies. That's for another time. So that's this week's episode of Tool Time Real Estate Radio. You want to follow Sarah, you can follow her on Instagram. It's at Ty underscore Ty Time. That's with a Y. You can follow Stacy at 2Mitchco with the number 2. You can follow me uh, at, at TomTool3, at TomTool3RD. And we're streaming live every week, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Make sure to subscribe and give us a follow for more great content like this. And we'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in.